0: All right, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about today. We will have a full preview of tonight's game in Chicago against the Blackhawks. We will also have this date in Islanders history and look back at a shutout by a player who was briefly an Islander and then went on to become a superstar in this league and we'll also preview Sunday afternoon's game, so both weekend's game is going to be previewed on today's show. Now don't forget, if you want to join the show, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email the show. The address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter my handle, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and please, if you're enjoying the show, leave a uh, review and a comment at your favorite podcatcher, and that certainly will help other Islander fans and hockey fans find the show. All right, let's start off with a preview of tonight's game in Chicago against the Blackhawks, and look, uh, tough not to be concerned about the way the Islanders have played. They've lost three of their last four. Okay, one, two, and one by NHL standards with the uh, shootout loss against the Ducks. But overall, what we've been seeing from the Islanders, and it's very uncharacteristic of this team, is sloppy play in their own zone. And I think the hallmark of of the Lou Lamorello slash Barry Trotz teams here on Long Island has been responsible play in your own zone. Even the forwards come back and back check and play sound positional hockey, not allowing rebounds, not allowing a lot of traffic in front of the goal, and basically just clearing the puck out in a quick, smart way And recently, we just have not been seeing that from the Islanders, and it's definitely, definitely a concern. Now, the trip to Chicago, Blackhawks are struggling, one of the few NHL teams below NHL 500, presently in 8th or last place in the Central Division after 38 games, Chicago 15-17-6 and for 36 points. And look, this is a team in transition. They're off a 7-1 home loss against the New Jersey Devils, so that's never a good sign. And it's been sort of up and down. You know, they won their two games prior to that on the road at Colorado 5-3, at Winnipeg 4-1, lost at home before that to Colorado 4-1, and beat Minnesota before that 5-3. So, Inconsistency showing right now. They have won three of the last five, but uh that loss uh against the Devils at home, quite ugly, and injuries definitely playing a part in the slow start for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. This is again a team in transition. Not you know, a lot of those players who won Stanley Cups with them got older. Uh, They had some salary cap issues, couldn't afford to keep them all, and now they are a team in transition. So, between the injuries and the changes in the lineup, that's why this team is on the outside looking in, probably will not make the playoffs again this year unless they really manage to rally in the second half of the season. We talked about those injuries among the injured players, Brandon Saad. Ex-Islander defenseman Calvin Dahan, Andrew Shaw, John Quenville, uh, and, and Drake Cagiula. So five players out right now, Dahan and Saad and Shaw out long term. And uh, you know, that's testing the depth of a team that, you know, didn't necessarily have a heck of a lot of depth to begin with. The goaltending duo, uh, a good one, and they're splitting time. But it's interesting, you know, Corey Crawford, the sort of uh, holdover, uh, 19 starts, 6-11-2 on the season, a 3.20 goals against average, and a 9.05 save percentage. He does have one shutout. And then last year's Islanders feel-good story, Robin Lehner, 19 starts, 9-6-4, a 2.86 goals against average, and a pretty impressive when you think about the lack of a team in front of them a 924 save percentage for Laner Blackhawks 22nd in the league in goals scored 24th in goals against their power play struggling right now. They are 26th out of the 31 NHL teams with a 15.4 percent success rate. the penalty kill in the middle of the pack a little bit above the average 81.4% success rate that makes them 13th in the league. The ever dangerous Patrick Kane by far uh the biggest offensive weapon on this team. He has 20 goals and 46 points. No other player has more than 27 points. Jonathan Tays uh 8 goals, 27 points is the next highest scorer. We talked about Brandon Saad, he's out of the lineup, he does have 11 goals, and then Dominic uh, Kubalik, uh, 10 goals and 16 points right now for Chicago, and the power play, uh, again Alex DeBrincat and Patrick Kane, each with 5 goals, Kane with 14 points on the power play overall. And they are really missing Sod on the PK. He has two shorthanded goals. Ryan Carpenter and David Kemp each have a shorty each for the Blackhawks. But uh, overall, the power play struggling right now. We go up and down the Chicago lineup. Dylan Strom uh, is the first line center with Alex Nylander and Patrick Kane on his wings. Jonathan Tays centering the second line with Kou- uh, Kubalik and Quenville on his wings. Kirby Dock uh, is the third line center with Debrinkat and Ryan Carpenter flanking him. And David Camp centers the fourth line with Zach Smith and Matthew Highmore on either side of camp. The defensive pairings, and again, the depth being tested right now, Duncan Keith, and Alan Boakvist are the top pairing, followed by Eric Gustafson and Connor Murphy, and the third pairing, Oli Mata and Dennis Gilbert. Uh, so again, like every other team in this league, uh, three days off for, you know, the Blackhawks and the Islanders as is the entire league had the uh, holiday break, and now... Uh, the Blackhawks gonna be fresh, the Islanders gonna be fresh. And look, if you're an Islanders fan, you have to hope that this team can regroup a little bit. And look, maybe the fatigue of of the schedule is starting to hit this team. We are in the you know, approaching the midpoint of the 2019-2020 season, and the Islanders, uh really do have a lot of work to do to get back on track. Let's hope that they can do it in Chicago against a team that won't make the playoffs this year. All right, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash locked on NFL and using locked NHL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply if you can't visit Casper right now. You can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. All right, we'll be back with more. We still have to preview Sunday's game. We've got this date in Islanders history and more. Lots to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, let's take you back to this date in Islanders history. It is now... December 27th, 1999. Site the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And it's the Islanders and the Boston Bruins playing in this game. And in a scoreless first period, uh, Islanders had two penalties to kill off. First, Jamie Rivers off for tripping, and then Max Lindgren was off for hooking. But the Islanders managed to Make a successful penalty kill, two of them actually, and the game remains scoreless after 20 minutes. In the second period, the Islanders break on top just 38 seconds into the middle stanza. Max Lindgren scores his sixth goal of the year. The lone assist to Marius Tchaikovsky, and it was 1 to nothing in favor of the Islanders. The Islanders would add to their lead midway through the period at 11:55. Bill McCault got his fifth goal of the season, assist to Geno Ogic and Jamie Rivers, and the Islanders led 2 to nothing. Boston put on some pressure in the third period. Uh, A little rough stuff early on. First of all, P.J. Axelson of Boston and Kenny Janssen each off for slashing at 143. Boston had a power play when Jamie Rivers was called for delay of game at 428, but the Islanders' goaltending held, and then with four minutes, 32 seconds left in the third period, the Islanders get the third and clinching goal, Nicholas Anderson scoring his third goal of the season and beating Robbie Tallis and the Islanders came away with a three-to-nothing win. Lindgren, who had one of the goals, and Claude Lapointe were both a plus-two in this game, and Lindgren led all players with five shots on goal. Nicholas Anderson and Marius Tchaikovsky each had three, but the big story of the game. 34 saves for Roberto Luongo, who earned the shutout. And uh, unfortunately for the Islanders, Luongo did not remain with the team all that long as general manager or then general manager Mike Milbury traded him to make room for one Rick DiPietro. So Luongo, uh, with one of his few bright moments as a member of of the New York Islanders. That was this date in Islanders history, December 27th, 1999. One thing I definitely wanted to touch on, and uh, I think it's only fair, one of the Islanders who is quite hot right now is Jordan Eberle, and you, you look at what he's been able to do in recent games, And look, he's only scored three goals all season, 17 points, which is not terrible, but it's a little disappointing for a guy with Eberle's credentials. After all, he is a one-time 34-goal scorer back in 2012 with Edmonton. Also has uh, five other seasons of 20 or more goals, so to have three right now is a little disconcerting. But at the same time, you look at what he's been doing Uh, He has, first of all, five assists in his last three games, and then one goal and uh, eight assists in his last seven games. So nine points in his last seven games, and Everly a plus two over that time period. He's also getting more shots on goal, and I think that's important. 12 shots on goal uh, over that stretch, and again, you know, when you have an offensive player, an offensive minded player like Eberly and it's not always easy for a guy like him to adjust to a defense oriented system like Barry Trotz's but I think Eberly overall has done a good job of that. Uh the, the the thing is, you know, first of all most offensive players tend to be streaky and Eberly really is no exception, but you know, he is also starting to emerge last year for the Islanders in seventy-eight games, nineteen goals, thirty-seven points, a minus six, a little bit of a disappointment. Uh and look, he scored twenty-five goals and fifty-nine points the previous season under the old system, but most players, you know, their offensive numbers were down just because the the difference in the way that the team emphasized defense under Trotz and Lamarello. I like what I see right now from Eberle. And remember, he's got those 17 points in only 25 games. Uh, he's even overall for the uh, for the season. And five of those 17 points have come on the power play. So it's an encouraging sign for the Islanders that Eberle is starting to wake up. And, you know, we've talked a number of times in recent shows about that the Islanders need some more offense. They need more consistent contributions. They they're still, you know, in the twenties in the league right now in goals scored. And if this team is gonna make a long playoff run, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got to do a little bit better than twenty third in the league in goals scored. And I think having Eberly Uh, emerge and become more consistent and more productive offensively will be a very good first step to help the Islanders climb up that goals-scored category. Look, under Barry Trotz, the Islanders are never never going to be a top-five goal-scoring team, but certainly they can take some big steps forward if Eberle continues to produce the way he has. All right, we're going to take a little step out. When we come back, we will discuss Sunday's game in Minnesota against the Wild. It's the second part of a three-game road trip for the Islanders. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, so the other game this weekend, Sunday evening, I guess, uh, in Minnesota, a six o'clock Eastern time start, five o'clock local time in Minneapolis-St. Paul, kind of a strange time for a hockey game to start, but 6 o'clock is the opening face-off, and it'll be the Islanders meeting the Minnesota Wild for the first of two clashes this season. The Wild in the middle of the pack with 117 goals scored. They're 14th in the league in goals for, but 29th in goals against. So defense has been the big problem in Minnesota. The power play ranked 21st in the league, a 17.4% conversion rate. Penalty kill vulnerable at 25th in the league. They only kill off 77.1%. The goaltending duo this year right now, uh, has been Alex Stalock, who has 18 starts, he's 9-6-2, with a 3-0-2 goals against average and a 9.01 save percentage, and Devin Dubnik, who has 15 starts, is 6-8-2, with 3-1-9 goals against and an 8.97 save percentage. Both of those goaltenders have one shutout each on the season, but Again, this team is struggling defensively in front of both of those goalies. The Wild also on the outside looking in as far as the playoff picture is concerned, but not as far on the outside as the Blackhawks. Minnesota, 18-15-5 and five through 38 games. That gives them 41 points on of the season. Currently in 7th place in the Central Division, of the Western Conference. Now, they will play Friday night in Colorado against the Avalanche before they meet the Islanders, and they're coming off a 3-0 shutout home win over uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, they have won two of their last three uh, and, and you know also beat Arizona in Arizona 8-5, but sandwiched in between a dud of a home game 6-0 loss to Winnipeg back on December 21st. You look at the scoring. Eric Stahl is the leader. 14 goals tied for the team lead. 31 points is the team lead. Uh, so Stahl up top. Jason Zucker, 12 goals, 24 points. Tied for the team lead in goals right now. Uh, Zach Parise, the former Devil, 14 goals, 8 assists, 22 points. Uh, Also up there in goal scoring, uh, ex-Ranger Matt Zuccarello, who has 22 points in 34 games. Nine of those goals uh, and six of his points have come on the power play. Luke Kunin, also with nine goals, but only 15 points. And he is a minus 12 right now in plus minus four Minnesota You look at the injuries affecting the Wild right now. Two big ones, Jason Zucker and Mikko Koivu out, as is Greg Paterin. So, three key players, MIA right now for the Minnesota Wild. And as we break down the line combinations, Eric Stahl centering Zach Parise and Matt Zuccarello on the top line. Joel Erickson is the second line center with Ryan Donato and Kevin Fiala on his wings, Nico Sturm, the third-line center. Jordan Greenway and Luke Kunin are his wings. And then Victor Rask is the fourth-line pivot man with Marcus Felino and Ryan Hartman on either side of him. On defense, Ryan Souter remains their outstanding first-pairing defenseman. He is teamed with Jared Spurgeon. Jonas Brodeen and Carson Soucy are the second-pairing while Brad Hunt and Matthew Dumba uh, make up the third pair right there. On the power play, Ryan Suter is a big part of it. Uh, Suter right now, he has four goals and 24 points on the season, but eight of his 20 assists and one of his four goals have come with the man advantage. And he really is sort of the quarterback of the power play, Zach Parise leads the Wild with five power play goals. Zucker and Stahl have four each. Again, here are two games against Western Conference teams that are not, if the season ended today, in the playoffs. These are games you got to figure the Islanders should get at least three points out of uh, the possible four this weekend, and you really ought to get at least two Uh, when push comes to shove. An opportunity for the Islanders to get back to the sound positional hockey that they like to play against two teams that are struggling a bit offensively and are vulnerable defensively. So an opportunity here for the Islanders to, to sort of right the ship a little bit coming off the holiday break. They will have one more road game this year. Uh, and then won't be home again until January 2nd, so which is not that far away if you think about it. But uh, the last game of the 2019 calendar year will be a big one. It'll be a battle in Washington, D.C. against the first-place Capitals. A battle of the one and the two seed in the Metropolitan Division. And of course, we will have a full preview of that next week. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening as we cover the Islanders each and every day here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening. It's always great to be with you and to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.